Gather your gear. It's time to head out for our road trip across America that will scare your pants off. Along the way, with your hosts, you'll be setting up camp in some of the scariest places they can find. Discover each episode a cryptid, a haunting, and a strange encounter. Climb aboard a cryptid camper if you're brave. Take it away, Tom. Live from our cryptid camper, I'm Tom, and I'm here with my good friend, Shay. And we'd like to thank you for joining us for Season 3, Episode Number 20, wow, of the Scare Your Pants Off, Our American Road Trip. On today's episode, we've set up camp in Wisconsin. So how are you doing today, Shay? I am exhausted. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> I feel you. Same way. A little rough computer issues this morning. Um, but we're in a long weekend, so that's nice. And uh, God, we are coming really fast on your wedding day. Dangerously. It's like, so by the time this airs, uh, Eric and I will have been married for six days. So, um, yeah. it's So right now, I'm in the height of doing all the girly things that I'm apparently awful at because I, I don't know, uh, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to be in girly. I'm, so I'm just kind of like, I'm, people are like, oh, what did you do about this? Or what you, and I'm like, I'm like ah, I don't even know what that means. So, um, but I'm excited. All of, I believe all of our clothes are in. I'm just waiting for my funky socks. I like wearing funky socks. And, uh, oh, I like having my feet be funky anyways. I wear Crocs usually. If you don't, if you've never seen me and you don't know my feet. Uh, well, I guess if you've seen me, you know my feet. Um, <laughs> I, I wear Crocs all the time, but I got these uh, these really cool boots. And I have um, knee-high socks that I'm wearing under. Like, and actually kind of pretty, but I'm, <laughs> I'm obviously meifying it. Uh, skirt. And, um they have they are pink and green with tyrannosaurus rexes on roller skates on them and i can't wait to friggin wear them <laughs> awesome that's they sound amazing yep uh i think eric is eric's gonna win the outfit of the day though so, and i know it's usually the other way around but he got this really really badass utility kilt he's wearing a guns and roses t-shirt guns and roses socks chuck taylor type shoes and like an overshirt, it's really freaking badass looking, and I can't wait. Oh, nice! I can't wait. I love the funky sock. We have I have a friend at work, and he's just recently come to embrace funky socks, and he comes in with just some of the craziest ones. He had some the other day. As actually, his wife uh, had them made for him with his own dog on them. And I thought those were awesome. <laughs> it's, uh, and he's got a purebred retriever, so it's a beautiful dog too. So. Oh yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I, so I've always struggled with socks because I have I have very wide calves. I I rollerbladed and I was very active as a kid. I built. There's no flab at all on my calves. There's not an ounce of flab. I'm actually really most of my leg. I'm very muscular in the legs, and uh, I am up top too it's just hidden under my um cake habit um but <laughs> um so like i struggle to find 
uh, wide calf socks. Now, when I say wide calf socks, when you look at wide calf socks, like on Amazon or even in the store or whatever, wide calf to them is 16 inches. My calves are 19 inches. And I found this website that does all sizes of socks, but they even have a category for wide calf that stretches up to 21 inches without distorting the picture. And I, and I already have one pair. And I will tell you right now, Y'all gonna be seeing some socks because I am I'm the happiest. And I'm actually gonna plug the website because yeah, I'm so grateful for this free website. It's called Sock It To Me, and it's literally literally how it's spelled. And I, we will put a link when this episode airs and just check it out. And it, it's they have some clearance socks right now, but it's like fifteen a pair. But some of the clearance are like five and ten, and then they have a subscription box. People, trust me you want to be here they have they have gift cards if you know someone that needs whatever so just seriously check out the website it's freaking awesome i'm definitely gonna check it out i'm just i'm i'm pretty basic i'm a i'm a black angle sock type of guy that's what i i i wear usually every day and but i go with the gold toes because i'll tell you like with where i was you know, just normal socks like the and ones or the flex fits and stuff. I get with my work because I do a lot of walking one use uh, socks and it was getting insane. Just the, my my sock budget was, was, was way too high. And I got a pair of gold toes as a gift. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is it. This is it. I like Bombas too. Uh, Bombas make good socks. Oh, yeah. Yep. Are but, they the ones that give a pair every time you buy a pair? What's that? Are they the ones that like donate a pair if some if you buy a pair? Yes, Bombas are. Yeah, they're really good. They do a lot of community outreach, which uh, I really appreciate. But yeah, the gold toes actually last. I mean, I, I I'll get you know a couple months out of them. Still not great, but it's better than a, a one use uh, type of thing. So yeah. Um, what else? Uh, you watch anything good recently? So I, I'm not current. I'm not all the way through. But I started watching Only Murders in the Building. I didn't. <laughs> I love Paul Rudd. I love Paul Rudd. He's like literally the nicest, sweetest guy in Hollywood. And I won't, I won't give away because it's still, it's still nowhere. So I won't give away a lot of the stuff. But Paul Rudd's in it, and they make him very unlikable. <laughs> they do. I don't like it. It was, it's really hard. I struggle with it because he reminds, okay. Y'all gonna learn something about me today. I fucking hate Ben Stiller. <laughs> really? I, I do. love Ben Stiller. I love oh, Ben Stiller. I think he is I, so funny. I, I want to, I throw up in my mouth when he's in a movie. <laughs> really? Wow. So it's not, and you know what? Well, I guess it is and it isn't his fault, but he does this like screamy thing and it's, and he speaks in like these really short little bursts while yelling. And for some reason that just, that just goes up me sideways and he does it like that is, that he does that as every character. <laughs> so like my brain being immature and stupid, uh, associate him as a human with every role he's ever been in. And I, and I can't, I, I literally can't separate them for some reason, which is funny because there are other actors that I do the exact opposite thing with. Um, but I, yeah, I, if I hear Ben Stiller's in a movie, 
if I end up watching it, I promise you, it's despite the fact that he's in it, not because he's in it. And I know that's crappy, and he's probably like the nicest, sweetest guy in the world. But Paul Rudd in this show, in uh, Only Murders in the Building, was <laughs> was getting real close to a Ben Stiller vibe for me, and I was not, I was not happy. Yeah. <laughs> but he's a, he's amazing. That is so funny. So that's probably a first I've heard. So Ben Stiller, if you're listening to this, Shay says, fuck you. Um, <laughs> Sorry. But, uh, I'm sure you're know, really nice. That's a, that's a, that's a first, but yeah, no. And we've had this conversation on how likable Paul Rudd is. It's to, to the fact that it's almost gross how likable he is. And but he does. He does a great that Cobro, like Cobro, like so funny. And he really, I didn't think it was possible. So he is. I, I always thought he was a great, great actor, but he's even better than I thought because he's made me not like him. And 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 yeah, I love that show. It is so so good that show. And God, Martin Short and Steve, they're so good together. And Selena, that trio, they just. They work so well together in that show. It's and, and I would never thought like, oh, Selena Gomez would hold her own in a comedy with Martin Short and Steve Martin, these two like kings of comedy. But she does, and she's great. And I don't know much about her, you know, I haven't seen her in many things, but she's great in it. It's, yeah. I yeah, I, I love I love that show so much. I actually I actually have to bring I actually had to bring up Ben Stiller one more time. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, um, or anybody who doesn't watch this is um, this is like little like short show, whatever you want to call it, uh, called Between Two Ferns. Yes. With Zach Galifianakis. Zach Galifianakis. And first of all, I I used to really, really not like Zach Galifianakis. It's not and not the way I don't like Ben Stiller again. I'm really sorry, Ben Stiller. I don't know why. Um, not the same way I don't like Ben Stiller, but he grew on me with baskets, and now all of a sudden I'm like, okay, I'll check out stuff. He's still not my favorite, but he's this show, he cracks me the fuck up, and what it is basically is he has different guests on it. It is kind of scripted. Like, they know he's going to be a really belligerent jerk to them, um, but it's the one with uh, Between Two Ferns where Zach Galifianakis is talking to Ben Stiller might be one of the funnier ones that I've ever seen that. And then you need to check out, um, I love Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, you need to check out the Between Two Ferns with Jennifer Lawrence because that one is literally the funniest one I've ever seen. And it kills me. Yeah, that show is great. That It's so funny and that, oh God, so good. Yeah, Ben Stiller, I've always been a huge fan. And I, I'm not gonna lie, I loved the Ben Stiller show back in the day. I, it was only one season, 13 episodes, won the Emmy, but was canceled before it even won the Emmy. Um, well, yeah, because, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, and it's, you know, you did that not even a full year on SNL before doing it and, uh, you know, didn't like SNL did that show and just uh, uh, me personally, I think it was a bit ahead of its time because some of the, the writers they had on it, Bob Odenkirk was one of the head writers on, on that. Um, I love Bob Odenkirk and uh, all the people involved, even Andy Dick was in the show, <laughs> which was, <laughs> the, uh, but yeah, anyway, 
that's Ben. Jay hates Ben Stiller. <laughs> so it's. You, do you know who Jeremy Piven is? I know, I, like we're like way off topic now. You know who yes, Jeremy Piven is? I oh well, yeah, I live in Chicago. He's uh, from Chicago. So, I, in the last couple of years, I've actually come to call him Faux Rogan because because for the longest time. So I, I liked Joe Rogan when he was, uh, when he did like Fear Factor. Mm-hmm. I liked him on uh, like Bully Beat Down, like stuff like that. Yeah. I like I like Joe Rogan a lot. Then all of a sudden I started seeing, I, I thought I started seeing Joe Rogan uh, um, after maybe pudging out a little bit and then being in movies and he's always oh, an asshole and he's just shitty and I don't like the tone of his voice. And he seemed like he totally changed and I'm like, oh, okay, well, this is now who Joe Rogan is. He's, I don't like him because that's how my brain works. Um, I've come to find out that that was never Joe Rogan and always Jeremy Piven, who I thought was the same person. So now Jeremy Piven, to me and our family, is Fro Rogan because I don't like Fro Rogan, but love Joe Rogan. So <laughs> that's funny, and they do look similar. They they actually do, and um, from what I know, just living in Chicago, they're both hotheads. Uh, yeah. The, yeah. the the stories oh tell the stories about Piven in Chicago are pretty wild. <laughs> I, I I'll just say that having been a bartender and he would frequent bars with Cusack, John Cusack. They're all uh, uh you know Chicago people, the Cusacks. Um and but everybody says John Cusack is the the biggest sweetheart in the world. But yeah. his buddy is not actually John. Just off subject, John, I worked at a Starbucks in Chicago too. I used to bartend, get out of bartend, and hop a train and go do Starbucks in the morning, not sleep and go to work from like five to noon. Uh, Starbucks wow. and uh, who lived right across the street, Joan Cusack, and come would come in every morning. The two are no, they, she lived right across the street. Her the, her kids' school were right across the street, but she lived in the neighborhood. So nicest nicest like i love john cusack and she yeah always so nice always would tip just just so polite and just oh sweetheart so oh i oh this talk of chicago makes me miss chicago i love living there hmm. so but anyway we've gone way off the rails that's okay that's all right uh so i believe you have a cryptid. Time for the cryptid. I do. I'm going to talk. So I don't know how to pronounce this place. It's F-I-F-I-E-L-D. I think it's Fifield. But anyways, I'm going to talk about the gnomes of Fifield. Have you heard of that? I have not, but I love gnomes. So here we go. <laughs> yeah. So I, I got a funny gnome story that I'll tell after when, when we're having our conversation. But um, uh. They look like garden gnomes. They're about three to four feet tall, and they literally, literally garden gnomes. Like, have the tall, pointy hats, and the cute little beards. I'm picturing the cute little tums sticking, like tummies sticking out of their bellies. I mean, out of their shirts, but um, it, that's in my head. And they live in the woods. A little puck wedgie-ish, if I may say so myself. Yeah. Now. It's believed that if you take a rock and you're like walking on the path, whatever, you take a rock and you chuck it into the woods, that they don't like that. And they will find a rock of their own. I like to think it's probably a little bit bigger and then throw it at you. And my understanding, their aim is not horrible. Um, (laughs) 
Now, it's also believed that you should bring candy or shiny rocks or shiny objects, I'm sure, um, to offer them and leave for them. Um, or they will still find rocks even if you don't throw them at them and throw them at you. Or worse, they'll curse you. I see no claims that they kill anybody, so, you know, that's good. I also see no claims that people try to hunt and kill them. So, go Wisconsin. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, that's how you do it. Now, one honorable mention that I want to bring up is in the same spot, I, I feel like this could have been a hunt, but it's very short, so I don't think you're going to pick it. There was a mom and her kids, I believe it's two boys, if I, if what I read is correct, but I'm not sure. They were trying to rush across the train tracks and beat the train. I don't know why they were rushing across it. I don't know what their goal was or where, you know, where they were heading or what, but they did not beat the train. They were ahead. And now I just believe that if your car stalls out, or even if you just happen to stop it on the train tracks, now people don't do this. Do not stop your car on train tracks. Don't, don't do this. It's not safe. But it's believed that if somehow that does happen, that the mom and her kids will push your car off the train tracks so you don't also get hit by it. It's short, but it's I love stuff like that. It's super, super interesting. It's sad, but it's interesting. Yeah, no, I love that because it's, you know, it's sad because you're, you know, kids dying. It's always, that's just a sad, sad always sad. And, yeah. uh, but... It's really sweet how they push your car in case anything, if it ever, God forbid, ever did happen. I love that. It's always nice when we get like sort of a haunt or something like that that's that's positive because you always hear about the negative stuff and people going, you know, making people mad and crazy and all that. But yeah, no, no, no. sad, but really sweet, that one. Um, I don't want to, were you done with the gnomes? I don't want to. Yeah, that's all I had for the gnomes. Okay. Um, love it. Love it. A, a good gnomes are creepy, but <laughs> I love you know. I I think gnomes and yards are just hilarious. Like people that have garden gnomes and stuff, I find that to be hysterical. Um, yeah, no, great, great choice. Uh, bring them. I love that you bring them gifts or candy or something like that. Otherwise, they're. I just I have this the funniest mental picture of them like throwing rocks, but like them. Because they're gnomes, they're just like more like grains of sand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, no, I love it. Great, great choice. Now you said you had a a gnome story. I I do. It's a, it's a quick one. So I, I know I've actually brought it up before. So like growing up, uh, when I was when I was really little, we lived with my grandmother, and um, she had she had gnomes in the house, not in the yard, all over the house, everywhere, every every room surface everything had a gnome on it somehow um including the bathroom which when you're little all these little peering eyes like everywhere you are is yes. <laughs> i obviously eventually i got used to it and it was whatever but i understand that some people were like oh that's a little weird it's a lot of eyes and that's fine um i've noticed something uh very recently uh in the last maybe the last year and I've really been paying attention to it, is uh, as I walk around my house, there's a lot of friggin' gnomes. Really? Yeah. And, and, the, and I remember 
when and how I got them all, and I just it didn't dawn on me how many of them I've accumulated. Um, but apparently, I also have a known problem. It's hereditary. So for anybody whose parents or grandparents, in my case, uh, loved gnomes, um, maybe look around your house because you might too. That's hysterical. That is really, really funny. I've never had, I've never owned a gnome. I, I can honestly say that, but I know that feeling of the, I, I dated a girl and I go, I think we've talked about this before. Her mom collected dolls. And oh. when mm -mm. she had like went off to college and then moved out, the mom moved a bunch of dolls into her bedroom. And I remember we went to visit and uh, walking in the bedroom, and I was just like, mm. "Nope, oh, God, they're all looking at me." And and I mean, some some of these dolls are very very valuable and just like, but it was insane. It was so many, and I just like I remember saying it and to uh, dawn or and uh it's just like i i'm not trying to be rude but this is creepy <laughs> and then she proceeded to tell her mom that i said that uh when she got in a fight with her mom about something and then hey, hey, your dolls are creepy you even asked tom and i was like why would you do that <laughs> why don't do that you, you want to fight with your mom that's okay keep me out of it <laughs> <sighs> uh, that's not good that's not okay well you know what else you know what else i find kind of creepy that and i and i feel like you may have also encountered understand this is i i have no i don't care what religion anybody is you are whatever makes you happy you you work with whatever brings you peace and makes your inner self feel good that's what i do that's what i want everybody to do but my grandmother <laughs> yes the gnome grandmother uh hi nanu <laughs> now that I'm talking about her, um, was very Catholic. Um, she was like the first Eucharistic minister in her church, female Eucharistic minister in her church. Mm -hmm. She, you know, prayed every night, rosary all the time. Like she did everything all of the time. Her house and then eventually her apartment. And then, you know, as, mm -hmm. as she got later on in life was always had and it feels like, and I'm probably exaggerating this, it feels like at least one Jesus picture per wall. It, and they were some of the eeriest, and I swear to you, they followed you. Every single eye on those pictures friggin' followed you. And it was like, and there were the crosses I don't really find super creepy, but I know that can be a thing for some people with um, with, with Jesus on them. And, but these pictures, and they weren't, they weren't like these bright, beautiful pictures. They were like these almost darker, borderline sepia looking pictures, but the eyes, whoever painted all these are spot on because every single eye on every one of those pictures freaking followed me and it used, it skewed me out so much. That, it's funny you say that because I remember there was one. So, so my uh, similar, um, to your grandma my grandmother on my my father's mother very religious like that eucharistic minister same thing you know went to church probably almost five times a week or something like that you know and uh uh she had pictures but i remember like it, it, a picture i believe it was jesus i'm with my parents aren't really really we're not religious you know i go church up for weddings or funerals or uh same that's about it um 
and but it was given to my father i guess and it was a jesus picture and it, i get look similar to what you're saying it was like tan and brown not bright or vibrant very sort of just dull and very dull mm -hmm. um and I mean, even my father who's not a religious guy he's like well, i can't throw away a picture of jesus just in case <laughs> just in case you know yeah. it's uh so it would like move all around it was in the garage at one point in a different room but same thing i just always felt like they were following you the, I, it, yeah. it just it was it was very bizarre about about because other than that it was a super bland picture and again i think it was jesus or maybe it was god or, or the same person i don't know um i, I don't I'm, I'm a heathen when it comes to <laughs> religion um so but yes very similar so yeah creepy. yeah I, I, depending on the religion i don't think jesus and god are ever the same but depending on the religion jesus's role changes a little bit i i don't i'm i'm i myself am i am pagan so i don't mm -hmm. i know what i know from my grandmother but um yeah, I, I don't I don't believe he's ever God. Oh, okay. I don't believe they're ever the same person, but Jesus is sometimes the son and sometimes not. And then I don't it it does get a little confusing, but yeah. And then if anybody out there, you uh, if we're talking silly, correct us. <laughs> Send us yep. a message and and and, and correct us because <laughs> again, we we don't know 100%. So um yeah. But great choice. Loved it. Love, loved it. All right. Um, unless we have anything else on that, I'm going to jump into the hunt. Sounds good. Time for the hunt. All right. So I'm not going to lie here. I didn't realize how awesome Wisconsin was going to be uh, for hauntings. It, I I don't know a lot about Wisconsin. I, I've driven through it, probably stopped at a gas station or a restaurant or something. But other than that, I, uh, you know, just assumed it was kind of a boring state. And I am, I was wrong. I mean, there are tons of great haunts there. And what's cool about all of these haunts, the, the haunts is there's great stories tied to them, like urban legends and stuff like that. So it, uh, it may, it just makes them even that more interest, much more interesting. And like I said, I could have chosen uh, haunted pubs, cemeteries, highways, lakes, dams, uh, bridges. They had the bloody bride bridge, the siren bridge. They have haunted churches. I mean, anything haunted tunnels anything you could think of they have haunted but i went with one just because of the history i love the history of it i went with the summer wind mansion have you heard of that i haven't but i really really love that name yeah and it's a cool one and i went with it um like i said because of the history of it um and like a lot of locals would claim that it's one of the most haunted places in, in the whole state. So the Summer Ward Mansion, which was formerly known as Lamont Mansion, is a now crumbling mansion on the shores of West Bay Lake in Via County, Wisconsin. Constru it was constructed in the early 1900s and the mansion was used as a fishing and hunting lodge due to its ideal location on West Bay Lake. Some claim that right from the start that this place was haunted. 
saying that uh, spirits of Native Americans that once lived on this land haunt it and haunt the property. Um, this land is supposed to hold great significance within um, the indigenous people's cultures. Um, so according to Raymond Bover, who would own this property in the 1970s. So I'm gonna fast forward a little and then I'll, I'll jump, I'm gonna be kind of jumping through time, but I will let you know how it worked. Um, owned the, he owned the property in the 70s after acquiring it from his daughter and son-in-law, Arnold and Ginger Hinshaw. Um, and according to Bober, the property is actually haunted by famed 18th century English explorer, Jonathan Carver. Jonathan Carver lived from 1710 to 1780 and was best known for exploring the Great Lakes region in the 1700s and sort of mapping it. This was all new to everybody, and he was kind of like that first one to give the layout of that area. <clears throat> um, but there's no conclusive evidence to this, and a lot of people believe that Raymond Bober probably just made it up and i'll get to that at the end why he may have done that it's actually pretty interesting uh, interesting why he may have um you know in a, the narrative that jonathan carver uh lived there it was only first mentioned by bober in a book he was trying to sell so and i'm gonna get into all that after I, we're going to jump to 1916 when Robert Patterson Lamont, an executive with American Steel Foundries Corporation and a future Secretary of Commerce under Herbert Hoover, purchased the building and land. <clears throat> the Lamont family would renovate the lodge, transforming it into a summer vacation home and named it Lamont Mansion. Not long after the renovations were complete, did strange things start to happen. Servants working for the family started to complain of odd sounds and muffled voices and conversations. Then one night, supposedly, a ghostly apparition appeared in the kitchen area. And this prompted Lamont to fire two shots into the basement door. According to the legend, the Lamont family fled the house the next morning never to return like the previous ones it's this is pretty hard to corroborate but that is the legend then the mansion stood unused for much of the 1920s and 1930s before being sold to the keeper family in 1941. the keepers used it as a vacation home but were never full-time residents it is said that Mrs. Kiefer was afraid to enter the house due to all the strange activity, and she would do almost anything to avoid entering. Multiple attempts were made to sell the home, but would fail for one reason or another until the 1960s when the Hinshaws and their, uh, purchased it and moved in. Ginger's father, Raymond Bober, would move in a short time later, although some dispute this and say that Roman, Raymond never lived in the mansion proper, but rather in the trailer on the property. Regardless, now in the 1970s, 
is when these hauntings really began to ramp up. Well, at least according to Raymond Bober, that is. After moving in, the family began to experience all sorts of poltergeist activity. Some of the things they experienced, and this includes the four kids, are disembodied voices, orbs, cold spots, uh, cold gusts of wind, streaks of light, shadow figures, full apparitions, um, one of those supposedly being Jonathan Carver, stuff flying through the air like plates and pictures and smashing, and it's even said they found a corpse behind a wall. And I said it said, and it said mainly by Bober, uh, things got so bad that Arnold had a nervous break, a breakdown, and a few weeks later, Ginger attempted suicide, and the kids had to be taken away. After the suicide attempt is when Raymond Bober took over the property. Um, not much more to this, but by the 1980s, Summerwind Mansion was abandoned. It became a place for teens to come and party and vandalize, as we all know uh, teens sometimes do. It, was, it then burned down almost completely to the ground in 1988. Some claim it was arson, while others, like local police, think it was an accidental fire, probably started by teens who were just partying there but didn't mean to burn it down. But most believe it was it burned down due to being struck by lightning. Neighbors in the area claim to have seen and heard the lightning crash into the home. I also want to make it clear that much to most of this cannot be corroborated. And in recent years, there's been sort of a tide turn on this stuff where many are not believing at least some of Bober's claims here because he uh, most of these claims came from a book that he penned called The Carver Effect, A Paranormal Experience. And he, uh, he actually used a pen name. He called himself Wolfgang von Bober for this book. <laughs> um, and so many believe it's a, a, a crash, a cash grab by Raymond. And he was actually using the book to set up the property as a paranormal tourist attraction at for some point in the future. Now, this obviously did not come to fruition, and it's not, you know, it, that's not 100% fact. That is just some a belief that's come about in the more, in more recent years. Um, and like I said, it didn't come to fruition for various reasons, um, and uh, we know that it burnt down. And uh, I'd just like to mention that, and this is kind of what I, I believe, I think I believe why this area seems to be so sad, um, active. Native, uh, it's come out in recent years that Native American tribes actually believe this area to be um, a spot where the veil between life and death is very thin. And that's why there's so many paranormal uh, experiences in this area. And that is the Summer Wind Mansion. So, okay. That was a lot. So I want to make sure I have 
my notes right before mm -hmm. I comment on something. Mm -hmm. The family that had the mom that tried suicide uh, yep. suicide is is that boober's daughter yes that's Boob, okay. boober's daughter and son-in-law yeah okay. so i'm actually going to make a correlation that's not a wendigo for anybody that's wondering what's about to happen um <laughs> no wendigo correlation but another one um so in this house they found there was a a corpse behind the wall and uh for whatever reason uh both parents who um have almost almost like a like a like a mental snap um and it seems like probably it didn't sound like it was super far away from each other that they both kind of had whatever happened happened and then the kids got taken away that whole story feels like their story feels to me like it had potential to go very Amityville. I can definitely see that it it's um, I, I I was thinking it as I was researching I was thinking it as you, I was uh, just talking it it has the make well Amity I like that better I was thinking this has the makings of a movie that's yeah. the, the family it, it you know it, aspects of the shining in it as well um so but I love the Amityville that's a better that's a better correlation in my opinion which which also kind of maybe gives a little more uh, validity to he may have been doing some of this for attention too, because it does it does sound very blockbuster. It sounds like a fantastic horror movie. And yeah. yeah. When you keep every time you say every time you say, um oh god, what's his last name? No, it's out of my head again. I believe it's pronounced Bober, but it could be Boober. All right, I'm hearing Boober. I, I mean I'm not hearing Boober, but I immediately am thinking Boober from Fraggle Rock because how is he not one of your favorite faggles, you know? But um, it's, yeah, every time you're saying Bober, I'm thinking immediately, I'm picturing a fraggle and it's Boober. So um, the other thing, and I, uh, I'm gonna, I feel like I'm gonna sound like the get off my lawn old coop when I say this. People broke into this house and had a party that caused a fire. So they trespassed, they broke in, they trespassed. They were somewhere they shouldn't have been. I know kids are kids, that's, I'm not saying I'm innocent, but something they did while doing something they weren't supposed to be doing caused that house to burn down possibly. How is that not arson? So, yeah, um, I will say, and I, I don't know if this actually matters, but by the time they were partying, it was already a crumbling home. It was already like it was already had been out of use for a while. You know, windows had been out and, and floors ripped yeah. up and stuff like that. Um, I don't know if that really matters because it's still trespassing and it still would be, you know, a fire. It was. Um, so I guess it would be arson. It would be, I guess, accidental arson because, you know, if it just, they were having a fire sitting around, maybe it was a chilly night or something, but yeah. it's arson. Yes, for sure. <laughs> and probably trespassing. Um, yeah, at least a couple other things, I'm sure. Yeah. No, that was a, that was a really good one. That was, I, I 
still love the name of it. Summerwind. Is that what it was? Summerwind yeah, Mansion? Yeah, Summerwind Mansion. Yeah, no, like I said, it was just the history. I mean, going back to sort of Native Americans and just the importance of the land and their culture. And then, like I said, it's, the I mean, if it's not true, I mean, Bober does have a flair for the dramatic. He really, he does. I'm, I'm curious to check out that book just to yeah. kind of see. And it's kind of weird, the, the corpse thing. It was like, yeah, they threw that in, but in every resource, it's like, it kind of, they just kind of glossed over it. That's a big deal. A corpse comes out of a wall. It's a huge deal. And they're less like, yeah, and there was probably, and there was a corpse in the wall. It was very bizarre. Um, but yeah, a lot of fun. A lot of fun. I, uh, like I said, I can't wait for our next trip, road trip to Wisconsin. I was so pleasantly surprised by uh, how cool Wisconsin is. But anyway, uh, unless we have anything else, I believe you have a strange encounter for us. Time for the strange encounter. I do. So my strange encounter is multiple instances centered around guys, I, around one guy. So I, I think I'm going to talk about Bill Benson. Have you heard about Bill Benson? No, I don't think I have. So Bill Benson is my strange encounter for, <laughs> that's not a good way to put that at all. Um, <laughs> Bill, Bill Benson is the subject of my strange encounter uh, this time around. So he owns a place called Benson's Hideaway and he calls it the UFO capital of the world. So sorry, Roswell. <laughs> um, there's a timeline. So it, in researching this, we got so lucky. There's a literally like a perfect timeline, and it's it's so detailed, and there's so much information out there. I'm going to go through the timeline real quick. Okay. It started in 1947 when crop circles appeared in an oat farm on Ludwig Farm. Um, in from 1959 to 1963, uh, Bill Benson witnessed a light phenomenon, and that's what that's the quote. Um, in Vietnam while, while he was serving. Um, now, back in Wisconsin, uh, multiple witnesses see a circular object hovering over a pasture scaring a herd of cows. So that's 1985. In 1988, uh, Bill Benson and uh, a friend of his held the first ever UFO Days event, D-A-Z-E, not D-A-Y-S. Now, in 1995, a crop circle appeared in a marshy area of Long Lake near Benson's Hideaway. So that's his restaurant museum thing. Um, in 1988, Bill Benson and five others witnessed a large orange ball hovering over Dundee Mountain. It vanishes when four flighter. I said I wasn't going to do it, too. I went, I'm like, I'm not going to say flighter. I'm not going to say flighter. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to start that one again. In 1988, Bill Benson and five others witnessed a large orange ball hovering over Dundee Mountain. It vanishes when four fighter jets fly after it. That's my favorite one. Yeah. Now... In 2000, uh, you at 
sorry, in 2000, UFO Days attendees witnessed two pyramid-shaped objects over Long Lake that join together into a diamond shape and tumble off silently into the sky. I like that image. I feel like that really paints a good picture. Now, cool. right? In 2002, UFO Days attendees witnessed six glowing and flashing orbs in the sky. In 2004, UFO Days attendees witnessed a triangle craft move over their heads with a Y-shaped pattern on the underside. Now, that's, that's the timeline. Um, the Hideaway is a UFO-based restaurant slash pub with a lot of UFO memorabilia, almost some considered to be some sort of like, like sort of like a hotel. Uh, one of the things he has in his little museum area is a baby alien in a jar that was gifted to him and believed to have come from Area 51. Ooh. Now, I'm sorry if I just gave away a big secret, if that's the case. Roswell, please let them keep it. Um, <laughs> And then alien activity is theorized to come from a possible secret alien base. You're going to like this under Mount Dundee. Ooh, alien base. Yep. That's what I, that's what I have for my Bill Benson strange encounter story. Okay. So first of all, I love the timeline. I just, how it's broken up like that. that makes it sort of easier to envision in your brain you know it's broken down nice like an outline so um yeah ufo capital uh that's a that's a bold take that he takes <laughs> but if, if all these are true i can see why i mean 1947 we had the crop circle 1959 the 1963 light phenomena in vietnam almost as if it's like you know it's tied to benson a little bit then sorry i took try to take a lot of notes here um so i love the uh the flight the fighter jets flying after it that is that is cool and uh yeah that just it gives a air of validity to it then i really like how we're starting you know they start to see ships that are pyramid triangle combining diamond shape that's something i've been seeing more and more in these ufo um tales is that you know we we've come to sort of think of ufos as the disc that's sort of you know the disc flip shaped uh thing but in more recent ones i've been seeing a lot of um you know triangle shaped pyramid shaped ones what and it would make kind of it makes sense we're we're constantly evolving technology so it would make sense that aliens if they are out there their technology would be evolving and Maybe the disc was at the time at first the best way to travel, and now they found that a triangle diamond pyramid shaped is a better uh, layout or whatever for a ship. Um, I just found that really really interesting. Love um love crop circles, even though I know a lot of them are man made. Uh, not all can be proved one way or another. Uh, going over the couch, steering the couch, just a, that's a funny mental, like, I could see that in a movie. 
uh, yeah, like Independence Day or something like that, totally. But my favorite part, the alien base. Alien base under Mount Dundee. I don't know if you remember, I believe it was when we did Alaska. Ooh, I know what you're going to say. The alien base that we talked about, or I, I had talked about, and then in it, I believe it was claimed that there was four alien bases underneath mountains throughout the world at that time. And I remember I had the name, I had the three mountains, but I uh, couldn't find anything on the fourth. And I remember actually during the episode, you were jumping on Google and trying to find uh, the fourth mountain and you couldn't find it now i don't remember if i mentioned if mountain Dundee was one of the ones i mentioned but i wonder if that was one of the four if it was and it was the fourth that we couldn't find i mm -hmm. or it could have been one of the four that i mentioned and i just don't remember saying that mount dundee but i don't think that was one of them so. it doesn't ring a bell and that's yeah that's that's pretty wild actually that's super interesting that's cool I it's, love when they tie back to episodes like that. I really do. Um, but yeah, no that 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 was a that was a great great choice. I I, I mean everything about it, and like I said, I really love just the timeline aspect of it. I love lists and time stuff like that. I'm a big listical yeah. person where it's like I just I, it's so easy and it's makes sense in my brain without really having to think about it so great choice. same actually i'm the same way fantastic choice i uh i really enjoyed that thank you all right well um do we have anything else for him this week i think that's all i got yeah that was a good episode all right all right, folks, thanks for joining us, and uh, be sure to tune in next week when we set up camp in North Dakota. Until then, happy camping. Bye. As always, our hosts would like to thank you for joining. If you enjoyed the program, please be sure to like, follow, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. Find us on Instagram at ScareYourPantsOffPod no spaces or on twitter scare your pants off podcast or send us an email with questions comments and fan art to scare your pants off nine at gmail see you next time